This is the Cascadia Podcasters Podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Rigdon. On this episode, I have Carrie and Mike from Broken Alaska. How are you today? We're great. Thanks for having us, Jason. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Could you tell me a little bit about your show? Well, Broken Alaska started um, a little more than two years ago. We took a class with Caleb and Jazz. It's an improvisational class. And uh, sometimes at the end of the class, we would have 10, 15, 20 minutes to just sort of play. So one night, um, there were probably about 10, 12 of us there. We just sort of said, okay, let's pick the name of a random town and pick some characters. And and we started making up this place called Broken Alaska. Uh, it was really, really fun. Um, it, it sort of seemed like one of those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, this should be a thing. So it was a couple months later. Mike, maybe you can take over. Yeah. So I was working for a new uh, LPFM in town, Space 101.1, helping them kind of get their programming together. And one of the things that people wanted to hear the most was radio drama. And so I thought, well, I'd done radio drama before and I knew how much work it was. But I thought, wait a minute. What if we improvised it? And what if we took Broken Alaska and made that a series? And so that's how it came to be. Yeah, so Mike came back to class uh, the next week and, and sort of proposed the idea of having us do it. The class is, you know, like I said, 10 or 12 actors who are here in Seattle. And none of us had done a podcast before, but we were game to try. So when the radio station opened up about a year and a half ago, it's really bare bones. Uh, we're here in Magnuson Park. And I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's sort of old cement and brick buildings and uh, the place where we record was actually... This was the... Well, it's a na- it's an old naval air station and the building where we record was called the Gatehouse. It's where the Sergeant in Arms, who was in charge of base security, is. And so we actually record in the Sergeant at Arms would have been his bedroom. <laughs> and so the first couple episodes we did, um, it sounds like we're in a cement box because we're, we're in a cement we box. We're in a cement <laughs> box, literally. But, yeah, but a few episodes in, we got some soundproofing up, and, and I think the sound quality improves dramatically. But the way we structure the show is um, I usually write sort of a skeleton script for the episode where I just say, okay, let's do five scenes. In the first scene, we're at um, the produce stand, so we'll have uh, Rose and Mark and Bert, um, and, and then Brick enters halfway through, and let's say they're talking about um, oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, there's somebody who wants to have a wedding tomorrow. And so I'll write that down just as a little paragraph. And then I'll write, you know, a couple sentences for each scene. So on the morning that we shoot, we usually shoot, uh, record rather on Sunday mornings. I sort of just give that general idea to the actors and say, OK, uh, go. And they make up all the dialogue as we go along. So it seems like a very unique situation where, you know, you're actually on the radio too. We are, yes. So we're on Sunday nights at eight on space. And how long have you been doing this show? Well, we just finished our second season. So we have 48 episodes, episodes, half hour episodes we recorded. Um, So we record them on Sunday mornings. And the nice thing about recording them and not doing them live on the radio is, of course, you can edit out mistakes. You know, somebody calls somebody the wrong name or... um, swears or whatever it is. Uh, So we have to keep it clean since it airs on the radio station. Um, And then I go through and we we edit it pretty heavily. We put it together, make sure it's a 30 minute show. And then the following Sunday it airs on the radio station. And we, we thought, well, this is too much work to just have the couple of people listening to the radio station that night here. So we decided to turn it into a podcast and, and we have it up on Libsyn now too. So 
One of the challenges actually that we face in the recording is Carrie and I have to kind of keep track of continuity on the fly. So like one thing we've established in the town of Broken is that there's no stop signs and there's no stoplights. So occasionally an actor will say, oh, I turned right at the stoplight and we'll go, uh-uh, there's no stoplight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Broken, Alaska is this tiny town. Uh, it's a little coastal town and there's 71 residents. So we've probably flushed out like 25-ish, 25 yeah. residents who live there. So we have these 10 actors and many of them do several different people. Um, so just depending on what the story at the time needs, we come up with different characters. So I think you said you'd never done a podcast before. Had you done any other audio dramas? Well, I had in the past, but nothing like this. Um, you know, I the tough part was I looked for a while before we actually started recording to see if I could find another show where it was uh, an improvised show. And there are a lot of shows out there that are improvised, but nothing like this where it's the same characters in the same location over a number of seasons. There, there was nothing, no analog for that. So we kind of, we workshopped it actually for mm -hmm. two or oh, three yeah. months trying to figure out how in the heck we're going to do this. Yeah, we knew we wanted to have each episode have a specific beginning, middle, and an end. Um, and so we couldn't just come in and randomly improvise stuff because, you know, at the end of 30 minutes, you just say, and... Then the cat died, the end, you know, so it doesn't work that way. Um, but not only does each episode have a beginning, a middle, and an end, but we wanted to have it be a season, just like a sitcom or, or you know, like a TV show or like a drama. An audio drama. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where it carries, so there's a, there's sort of like a, a storyline that carries over the course of the season. So, like with season two, it was something's happening underneath broken. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Carrie and I met at the beginning of the season and sort of figured out what's going to be the big theme. What are going to be specific things that are going to happen in the season? It kind of broke down like the high level story for the season. But the crazy thing is, is because the actors are making it all up on the fly, they'll say something in like episode three that completely changes the course of part of the story. So we had this grand scheme for season two, something's happening under broken, but we didn't really know what it was. And we certainly had <laughs> we certainly had no idea the kind of crazy stuff that people would come up with because the actors don't really know these um, big themes. They're they're sort of just making it up on the fly and, and the stuff they come up with is brilliant. And and man, there are some episodes where we'll we'll just Mike and I'll look at each other after somebody says something and we're like, oh, oh my God. That means blah, 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 can do blah, blah, blah. And oh, let's go with that. So each episode comes up with this new vein that we just go with. We had no idea how each season was going to end when we started it. Like, we'll give you a good example. And this is a bit of a spoiler. Spoiler. Um, so there was a story where there's this dog, Pugsy. And we were trying to figure out something. Something was strange about Pugsy. He was like... <laughs> some sort of like earth spirit or something like that. And we didn't quite know. We don't know. And we had this whole side story that Warren G. Harding is kind of like the father of the town. And Charney Rose D'Andrea, who uh, plays Denise on the show, um, she said, wouldn't it be funny if Pugsy bore the spirit of Warren G. Harding? And Carrie and I looked at each other and go, we love that. <laughs> 
just and that turned around. Happen. That turned the, the whole season at like on a ninety degree yeah, angle. Yeah, it really did. It really did. Well, Warren G. Harding really is the founding father of Broken. I don't know if you know a lot of history about presidents, but he was the first real president to travel to Alaska in nineteen thirty. 1923, like 20, I think. 23, sorry. Well, yeah. you're the history. That's, yeah. why, that's why we have you around. Um, but he traveled to Alaska. He visited a bunch of places. And on his way back from Alaska, he died. And it's this big mystery. Like, was he poisoned? Did his wife kill him? All this crazy stuff. So we, in Broken, have a statue of Warren G. Harding. He's gorgeous, very buff, huge abs. And he's sort of like the beacon of happiness in our harbor. And and everybody who comes off the low-budget cruise ship to visit us sees this beautiful Warren G. Harding statue. So, you know, we came up with that like an episode, what, like two or three? Yeah. Threw Warren G. Harding in there. And the final episode of, like, episode 49, all of a sudden Warren G. Harding is this main character. It, it was so strange and beautiful and wonderful. So how many actors do you have? Well, we have, I think, 12 sort of in the cast. The core, yeah. But it not everybody shows up, can show up all the time. So, um, you know, sometimes we'll have an, a, an episode where I think, oh, okay, we'll have Joey and Annika and Heather do this scene. But then on Sunday morning, you know, like Heather's daughter was sick and she can't show up. So on the fly, we say, okay, I guess we'll have Annika and Joey and um, Yeah, lots George of, re- of recasting scene. on the fly. It's all on the fly. And we all sort of just see who shows up. So there's about 12-ish people who are our regulars. Cast, yeah. yeah, the main cast. And we'd sometimes have guest people come in too, like people we met at um, the improv class that just wanted to come for one-offs or, you know, we needed a random character to be, I don't know, like get married. Well, Jean, Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude, So, right. so my, our, my friend Don Goldberg was here just to observe the, our process one day, and we needed somebody to play this character, Jean-Claude, who's the baker in the next town over, Austinville. Austinville. And we Austin, said, we said um, you want to be Jean-Claude? He goes, okay. Yeah. And he yeah. was brilliant. And he was brilliant. And he was wonderful. Yeah. We sort of threw him under the bus there, didn't we? But he did great. And so how does that recording look like? Do you do um, scenes or do you record like a whole episode? Well, we record it by scenes. So the way the show is structured is we have an announcer um, and the announcer is sort of um, breaking the scenes into uh, different pieces. So at the beginning, the announcer says, you know, welcome to Broken. Sometimes uh, strange things happen in Broken. And today we're down at the Twisted Dinghy, which is the local bar. And, and Mark and Bert have just showed up with a big secret. So then we'll have the actors do all their bits. And then because you can't see where we are in the town, in between scenes, the announcer will say, boy, that sounded weird. Um, what happens when Rowan um, and Marcus go to the church and find out this and this? You know, So the, the announcer like places people in a location so you know where you are when the actors start talking. The problem was that there are so many characters in the town and there are so many locations in the town. We wanted to make it easy for listeners to keep track of who is who and where they are. And so we came up with the idea of a continuity announcer who could set it up for them. And so that new people, if they heard the Twisted Dinghy, they knew that that's the bar in town. That's mm-hmm. the only bar in town. Or the Chernogosk, which is our multi-denominational house of worship. Part church. Part synagogue. Part mosque. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. With our multi-denominational reverend, Father yes. Francis, so being, of course, too, yes. Um, so the announcer sort of does those setting up the scene for us in just one or two sentences. 
Um, and it, then that way you sort of know where you are in this show. And it also frees the actors from having to keep track of continuity and also do expository dialogue. Like, like, gosh, Rose, I'm sure glad we're both here at the town's only bar, the Twisted Dinghy. <laughs> right, exactly. We don't have to keep doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we wanted to make sure a lot of audio dramas and audio fiction stuff I know has um, someone just recording all the time, like a character for some reason is just recording everything everybody says. And that didn't work at all for Broken Alaska. So I think the announcer really helps to set those scenes for us. And and we don't have to pretend we have a microphone with every character. I I think that the the device of having people record like an audio diary is probably the most overused advice in podcasting right now. And there are some brilliant ones. There are, but but it's everybody uses it, and we didn't want to. I I didn't want to have to try to figure out how to justify that in Mm -hmm. this little teeny town. Like, why does this character record everything? It didn't make sense for us. So, so what have been some of the biggest challenges of actually producing this show? Oh, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) well, um, it's been a huge. I mean, anybody who does a podcast, I think, will let you know. It's a lot more time than we signed on for, right? Like um, we thought we would record a couple of hours of material on Sunday morning, cut it and do a half hour. Mike is our sound effects guy. So he put some sound effects under it and bada bing, bada boom, we got a podcast, right? Of course, a year and a half later, I usually put in 20, 25 hours of work, including the writing and the producing of it, the editing, the um, actual recording session is usually about three hours long. So yeah. and then I take it has been huge. Then I take it and do a, like a final editing pass and then do the sound effects. So it's, you know, we thought it was going to be a lot less work having people improvise the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. As you can tell from Carrie's reaction, we found that's not true. Yeah. 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 Well, and sometimes people will improvise something that, um, you know, we're here in the, we're part of the cast too. So we're here in the recording studio as they're improvising. And I'll know two episodes from now, this has to happen. And so if somebody says something that's really contradictory, we stop them and we go, oh, I love that. You're so brilliant. You're the greatest actor in the history of the universe. You deserve all the awards, but don't say that. Do it somewhere, <laughs> do it some yeah. other way, right? Yeah. Like try saying this is happening and then they run with it. So there is a lot of tweaking And they're certainly making up every line of dialogue, but we are sort of shepherding them around sometimes to get to where we know it needs to be by the end of the episode. Because they don't know. They don't know the bigger story arc Mm -hmm. for the season. We don't reveal that to them. Keep it as as a non, you know, as need to know basis so that they don't um, change their performance. Yeah, so it doesn't affect what they say. I think, though, um, from a non-creative perspective, our biggest challenge has been getting the word out about the podcast. And, of course, that's something that everybody who does podcasting is having trouble with. Mm -hmm. You know, because we we have an advertising budget of, well, zero. (laughs) Or the the few Facebook boosts that Carrie has done. Yeah, our Twitter feed. But it's, you know, it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. And, And because the show is so much work, even though we love doing it, you know, it's a challenge. It is. And I have to like say our actors, I mean, we have an actor who's won Sundance film awards. We have people who've been in movies and in TV shows. And I mean, these are serious, genuine actors. And they're all, you know, Seattle area. And they're all Seattle actors, but um, I I pay them in donuts and cheese curds, you know, like we have, it's all volunteer and, and that they 
show up every Sunday and do this for us to produce this beautiful show is really, is really wonderful. And so how does your studio look? How many like microphones do you have and what kind of microphones are they? Well, we actually, the, actually the studio, as, as we mentioned, it actually is a concrete box, <laughs> but so not optimum, but um, the station did put in some sound baffling and that improved the, uh, the, the situation a lot more. We have four microphones. They are, um, let me pull one over here. I should know this. They're Shure SM78s. So, you know, basic broadcast industry standard microphones. Mm -hmm. And uh, we record it without any sort of vocal processing, it's just the raw signal. And then I do, when I add the sound effects, I'll occasionally, if, if it sounds a little muddy for something, I'll EQ it up a little bit or something like that. Mm -hmm. And Carrie's very good about changing the levels and things because the other thing from a technical perspective is that while these are all amazing actors we're dealing with, not a lot of them have this kind of audio experience before. Yeah. And so it's hard for them to maintain a level or stay a certain distance from the microphone. And so we have to correct those things generally in post. And because they're improvising it, um, sometimes they get really excited. <laughs> you know, sometimes mm -hmm. some scenes are getting really wild and you know, someone's yelling at someone or someone's getting really thrilled about something. And um, we find that they look at each other a lot. And the way our microphones are set up, you kind of have to look, you know, your voice should They're be very directional. at the microphone. And so when all of a sudden somebody goes, and then I went over to the, blah, 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 I'm like, okay, okay, say yeah. it again, but look at the microphone this Yeah, time. great, but we couldn't hear you. Yeah, great. So great. But one of the best things, <laughs> I'm being facetious, about our studio is we are right on, what's this road? Well, it's, it's right off Sandpoint Way. Sandpoint Way. Okay, so we're by like the emergency room for children's. We have big trucks rolling by. So um, the driveway though, is literally outside the studio. Literally. Well, I mean, like you could almost touch it. You could. So we have these big, giant, old, old, old windows in here. And we've tried to put up some um, some foam and some soundproofing and stuff on the windows. But every once in a while in the show, someone will be saying something. And all of a sudden you hear in the background. So we have to go, stop. We need <laughs> stop to wait till the, the truck, truck goes by. Truck. And in, in most cases, strangely, it's kind of like become our trademark because Broken is such a small town that everyone would be close, would live close to the road. It's possible there really was a truck going by. But <laughs> there are occasions like when at the end of season two where we were in these caverns under town <laughs> and there's obviously not going to be a truck underground. Right. And <laughs> that so didn't make sense. we have to go, okay, stop. And we have to be really <laughs> persnickety about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there are some challenges about being here at the station, but, um, you know, they've been so generous letting us do it here. And, and we, we certainly owe a lot of props to Space 101.1 for helping us make Broken a thing. And then what kind of software do you use to edit your show? Well, uh, as we said, Carrie does the, does the heavy lifting as far as the editing, and she does that in Audacity. Mm -hmm. um, I have a program called Sonar, which is kind of the Windows. I think they discontinued it now. It's kind of the Windows equivalent of Pro Tools. And I like that because I can put each sound effect on its own channel. It's a little better for multi-tracking than, than Audacity is, and it just gives me a lot greater control. We, we've heard about Reaper, and we thought about that. We, we haven't. We've been so busy producing episodes, we haven't really had try, time to try it out. I know a lot of podcasters use it. And you're doing a very, very complex show. How long does that post-production take? Um, post-production is long. I'd say 
30 hours per Probably episode? 30 total per episode, yeah. I put in at least 20-ish just in getting the basic editing down to almost a half hour. Um, and, I mean, you know, that's listening to each line a bajillion times, right, to yeah. get it, um, make it sound good. And then when I give it to Mike, you probably do another six, eight hours of yeah, at least. further cleaning up. And, you know, the funny thing is now we've just finished season two with a huge reveal. Yes. I'm not going to tell you what that is. Um, and we're taking a hiatus for the summer. So what Mike and I are doing is going back to the uh, original first episodes um, because we've made such great improvements on the studio with with soundproofing of a sound. And I think we've gotten so much better at it that you listen to the first couple episodes, you're like, oh, my God, we actually put this out. <laughs> this is terrible. This yeah. sounds so horrible. So we're going through those first early episodes and trying to clean them up a little bit and um, just make them a little bit better. So you've got like a lot of stuff going on. What does like a show prep look like? Well, um, I mean, I kind of write up the skeleton of the script uh, and that's usually just a page or two, you know, yeah. that says uh, scene one, this happens. It's in this location. Scene two, this happens in this location. And Mike, you've been writing the little announcer sort of transitions between. Yeah. Um, and then honestly, 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, stop by the grocery store and pick up donuts and cheese curds. And, and we sort of meet, we have sort of a waiting room outside of the studio and we all meet and see who shows up and who shows up late. And, and then we just go over that, that we do, script. Yeah. We do a quick run through. Yeah. I just sort of read it through and I sort of say, so in scene one, I need you and you and you, you have to be in the, what the, the, you're down at the docks and Bert is making a caricature of you and uh, the big point of this scene is that the ship is just arriving. By the end of the scene, I need you to say, we better go ask Sheriff Jim about this. Go. And that's kind of it. And then they take it from there. That's the beauty of the improvisational aspect that we don't have to do a ton of yeah. pre-prep. Most it's of it's post-prep. Post and now uh, I'm going through and we're trying to do um, transcripts for all the episodes to make them more accessible and, and because you just need to have those and holy moly getting transcripts of this stuff is phenomenally difficult because the transcription program um what's the name of the one we're using i don't remember but it's trent it's we're using yeah, trent yeah. and so you know you just put your mp3 into the program and it spits out a transcript but we're talking over each other and we have people with crazy accents from all over the place and um, even the transcript takes me another six hours after it prints out to edit it and go through it and clean it all up. So, and there was, for example, there was one episode where my character Bert and the character of George and the character of Brick, we're all sort of you know crusty sounding older gentlemen, <laughs> yeah. and the transcription program couldn't tell us apart at all. It was like one Lunch. long, the whole scene was one long sentence. <laughs> or or the, we had a we had an episode where some Cajuns came to visit. Uh, Brett Brickman, his Cajun cousins came to visit. And so Mike and I were the Cajun cousins and we're like, all right, we have to have some sort of crazy accent. So um, we were like, Charlie, my name is Lily Lejeune and I won't come over here and give you kisses on the kiss because I could take you down by you and take you by the alligators. Which makes no sense and means very little and even real words, but on a transcript. It was bizarre. <laughs> like, I, it's so funny what the I transcript said, thinks I said. I said we should do, just as a laugh, do the transcript version of <laughs> right. the sh of one show. Right, right, right. It'd be insane. It'd be so funny. We love it, though. It's really good. 
So I talked to a lot of folks that want to do like audio dramas. Do you have any tips for them? Well, uh, honestly, you know, just lower your expectations of how much free time you're going to have over the next year if you plan on doing audio drama. Because really, if you want it to sound concise and good and and have a good story, it takes a lot of prep work and a ton of post-production. I think we're really lucky because we have a lot of good storytellers in Broken. Um, You know, like I write sort of general story, but every single character has their whole backstory in their head and they are really good at telling a tall tale. So if somebody needs to sort of make something up, there was a, there was an episode where Joey falls down in a well and, and we go, okay, uh, Joey, just, I don't know, tell us how you got there. And they made up this phenomenal story about the dog and falling through space and super tramp came into play at some point. So that we have a bunch of really great storytellers, I think helps tell really cool stories. And I think having good characters really helps too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really interesting because before we started recording, we had each actor like write up the, the background of their character and I don't think we even ever looked at it to be honest. I looked at All right, it. All right, you looked, looked at, at it. it. <laughs> you looked at it. But we never we never actually used most of it. It was just some of it we didn't. Yeah, it but was just But they're so well fleshed out. Yeah, like but each of those characters is a real person. But they became fleshed out through the process of improvising the mm-hmm. story rather than writing in preparation. Yeah. So, you know, like um, and, and also we drag in a lot of stuff. So my character Bert, you know, he uh, he has a a Sunbeam Tiger, uh, you know, convertible motor car. And he wears uh, McGregor socks that he buys on his once a year trip to uh, Vancouver, you know. And if I actually wear McGregor socks that I buy on my trip to Vancouver. But we so, never knew any of those things. Yeah, we're just, it's just, just your backstory. It's right? like when you got to say something, you say something, you say something that you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Bert, you know, all my characters, Bert. And you know, old Carlos, man Fletcher, old Carlos, man Fletcher, yeah. the dagger—they're—they're they're all really just different aspects of me. This is true. This is true. But the amazing thing about improvising with Saul is you have to hold that really lightly. Like yeah. if somebody says something counter to that idea in your head about what is going on or who you are, you have to be able to let go of your preconceived ideas and just go with it. Yeah. Like the whole thing about improvisation is that you can't say. Um, I, I can't say, hey, Bert, I heard you bought a yellow jumper the other day. And you can't say, no, I didn't. What are you talking about? Like that stops everything right there. You have to say, yeah. yes, I did. And that's why I um, have this horrible dye all over me because the jumper was it was cheap. cheap and the wool was actually polyester. And, you know, you have to sort of go with it. So you have these ideas. And even with writing the stories for this for each of the episodes, we have an idea where we want it to go. But holy cow, does it change? It changes so much because we're not the only ones in control. Twelve other people are are writing it right along with us. And it's really interesting. I, I'm sure that people who do animation probably find this too, especially that um, the characters really become real to you. Like sometimes I really feel like Bert. And like Carrie and I have talked before – like I texted her one day and I said, I really want to live in I Broken. I want to live there too. I totally yeah, want to Yeah, she said, I do too. And sometimes some of the crew will, will send me an email in character. Yeah. And uh, and it's it's a beautiful place to live. It's a funny place, Broken, because like I said, there's only 71 people in this town, right? It's tiny. But we have 
this cross section of America. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about Broken Alaska. We have Rose, who works at the produce stand, who's into organic veggies and and green buildings and um, you know, wants everything to be earthy, crunchy. And we have Brett Brickman, who's the high stakes developer in town and broker, which is very funny. Um, so they're at odds all the time about how they want to make this town look. We actually do steal an awful lot of stuff about Seattle for, the, for the stories about, you know, development versus how the city used to be. We steal that all the time. Yeah. We make fun of kombucha because we think it's Super it's just not normal for a grocery store to carry 20 different brands of kombucha. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. And the, but the amazing thing is like we have people argue, get in big fights, completely disagree with each other, but they live in this tiny town and they have to find ways to live together. So you can't unfriend anybody in Broken. You know, you can't be online and you see a meme that uh, you really disagree with and just like never speak to them again. Uh, Rose still has to talk to Brett Brickman because they live in this small town together. Uh, all these characters who have disagreements or had a relationship and broke up, they still have to find a way to come together and survive together and rely on each other and support each other. And honestly, I think that's unique and beautiful and kind of the way we wish America was these days. It feels very genuine and organic. It's not something that you could plan. It just happened. It's a combination of the actors and the stories. Mm -hmm. I sometimes I think, especially more in the beginning of the, the season one, I think like, Rose would have been the Democrat and Brett Brickman was kind of Trump-like in times. And I don't want to get into politics on your show, Jason, I swear. But um, the idea that you could sit down at your Thanksgiving dinner table and crazy Uncle Joe says something really stupid and you want to really yell at him, but you still have to be family. You still have to find ways to love each other and, and, and work it out and be neighbors. That's a that's a really unique thing, I think. There's a lot of podcasts that are not so much the audio dramas. Usually the audio dramas are pretty amazingly cool and and uh, welcoming and, and, and supportive of everything. But there's a lot of podcasts that are all really negative and really about uh, being ugly and being cruel. And, and Broken Alaska is really not that. We're, we're a pretty amazing little town. And so how much time do you think you spend promoting this show? <sighs> Well, during Ugh. during the season when we're actually pro- in production, mm-hmm. uh, few hours a week. Maybe? Yeah, there's just isn't time because the the actual production takes up so much time. But we're taking the spring and summer off, and Carrie has been the workhorse in in building a website for us and mm-hmm. and getting word out there. But we really need to start going to like podcasting conventions yeah. and and doing you know like the transcriptions and things to to broaden the audience yeah. and so so really the spring and summer is going to be pretty much full-time we have a really active facebook page at broken ak um and there's tons of photos and backstories and bonus material and mm-hmm. funny stuff on our facebook page and the new website at uh, broken alaska podcast.com turned out really quite lovely yeah it's great and so not only are episodes there but again there's lots of bonus material and backstage photos and, and bits about the characters and the actors and um and i i'm on twitter too which is not my favorite because i'm an old lady of <laughs> 40 something um but it's a lot of just being out there and trying to 
I feel like I hand people the show a lot. You know, if anybody says anything about a podcast, I'm like, oh, podcast. Do you know this? Do you know that? Do you have you tried Broken Alaska? Let me show you how to do it. I can't tell you how many friends that I've I said, give me your phone. See this button? You push it. You type Broken Alaska. Here you go. And then you just press play because, like I said, we're not 20. And a lot of people don't know what a podcast <laughs> is. We, we actually have we to go still, that far back yes, and explain what a podcast we still is. We interact with a lot of people who are like, oh, I've never listened to a podcast. I know yeah. your listeners may find that amazing that people don't know what a podcast Mom, is. but come on. And Carrie had business cards made up with the address on it. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so we can just go, if somebody knows about podcasts, we can just go, well, here. Yeah, we have our business cards. We have the website and we have Facebook and Twitter and we have some T-shirts that you can buy on the website. Um, and I wear my T-shirt oh, all yeah. the time. Like when I walk around Green Lake in the summer, it's in that Broken Alaska podcast T-shirt, baby, because I know there are people running around that lake who know what to, know what to do with that. So, And do you keep up much with like the podcast industry news? You know, I listen to a few podcasts that I think are wonderful, um, but we – Wish we had been able to go to PodCon, which was in Seattle, just a couple months ago. We didn't hear about it until it was too late. Oh, my God. And then when we heard about it, like, that's the trouble with having, you know, so many actors and stuff, too. You know, like, we have, I have three little kids, and not that that's an excuse, but there's a lot of life going on there, too. And so um, the weekend that PodCon was, I had friends in town from yeah. you know, Ithaca who were visiting, and we just didn't make it. And that I felt like that was kind of a drop ball on our part. We should have been there for sure. I mean, it was in our backyard. Come on. We're in Seattle already. So I don't know. It's kind of tough to break in, I think. Um, mostly what I've been doing, like on Twitter, I find other podcasts and I listen to them. And if I like them, I you know make sure to tweet about them and mention them on Follow Fridays and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I think we're sort of starting to build our podcasting family a little bit that way. I think it's for us, you know, as an indie podcast with zero budget, it's word of mouth that's getting Broken Alaska out there to people. And honestly, we have a lot of fans on the Facebook page, not just our relatives and friends, you know, like people we don't know, I swear, yeah. people we've never met who've written to us and said, wow, this is something I've never heard before. I love the story. I love the characters. I'm so happy. I just binged Broken Alaska season two and loved it. And 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 that sort of feedback is really gratifying. But it is tough because we do spend so much time with production. Yeah. To we should be more involved with the podcast industry, but we will become more involved in the podcast industry. Yes, this spring and summer. That's we our, will. We promise. Our, yeah, yeah. We're doing our best. Oh. And do you listen to that many podcasts yourself? I have a couple of that I've uh, just started. I uh, I binged Girl in Space a couple weeks ago. Oh, I love that show. I'm and glad. I like that one too. I love that one, of course. They're so cool. Um, and my, I have a daughter who's 12 and she was able to listen to that one with me too. I, for me, that's a big thing. Like I don't want to listen to a podcast that's just angry or dis- divisive or I'm just not into yelling at people or politics stuff. So I like a good story and Girl in Space definitely a good story. And I just started Mars Fall. Mm. Oh. I haven't heard that one yet. Oh my gosh. You should listen to it. Like episode one or episode two or whatever. I was walking around Green Lake listening to that and I had to pull over and stop because oh. I was listening so hard. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Stuff like that. I like, I like Ars Paradoxica uh, and uh, The Phenomenon is another really great audio drama that I, I listen to. I think I've heard to. that one. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. 
But I listen to some nonfiction stuff too. I really like Alec Baldwin's podcast, uh, Here's the Thing. Mm -hmm. Hidden Brain. That's a really good yeah. one. I love that one. And the BBC has lots of good ones oh, too. Oh, sure. Well, I David like... Tennant just started one. Oh, I, I didn't love know that. David Tennant. He's my fave. So I, I, I like the Infinite Monkey Cage. I like the science podcast. Oh, That's nice. another BBC one. Yeah, yeah. And so how do you discover your new podcasts? Well, for me, I discover a lot through Twitter, actually, because I have a lot of podcasters on my Twitter feed now. Um, and so, oh, um, Nothing Ever Happens in Canada. I really like that one, too. Oh, to you should that check that out. Too. It's such yeah. cool stories. The the woman, shoot, I just forgot her name, but Nothing Ever Happens in Canada. I really like that one. But lot. strangely, listening to other podcasts like yours, like, mm -hmm. um, you know, the Radio New Zealand has one. There's a an audio drama podcast. Um, various newspapers and things, online sources write about podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I just, if something sounds interesting, I'll give it a listen for a couple episodes. Yeah, mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it takes a couple episodes. Like we freely admit, if you listen to the first two episodes of Broken. You might not listen to the third. You might not listen to the third because we were <laughs> still learning how to do it and the sound quality was not very good. Yeah. So, But so much is introduced, you know, like you learn who the characters are in those first couple. So stick with it. I swear it gets better. <laughs> and that's why we try to use the um, the continuity announcer so that somebody doesn't have to listen since season one. They'll quickly figure out who these people are and where they are. I feel like we took a monstrous leap forward for season two, too. We did. Um, like when we came back for season two, I feel like we just had really gelled. Um, we got a couple of new actors in who were brilliant. Anthony Floyd, holy cow, he knocked our socks off as Doc Burgess that he just... He was such a great addition to season two. God, I love Anthony. And so, he, he throws things out there that we were just, you know, we were amazed. Like there's a line in uh, in one of his episodes in the current season where he's talking about how many lives he saved in the Falklands. Yeah. And we're like, what? <laughs> where did that come from? Yeah. I don't think you realize. But uh -huh. that but that kind of reference really makes characters three-dimensional. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And how can people find your show? Well, if you look on our website, uh, BrokenAlaskaPodcast.com, the links are there. You can find it in iTunes and in Spotify. Libsyn and Spotify. And I think it's up on pod, like lots of different podcasts are hosting it. So, you know, Broken Alaska Podcast, if you're able to search it up and find it, we would love to have you give it a listen. And, you know, most importantly, too, let us know what you think about the show, because we freely admit that it gets really good in the end of season one and season two. And, and um, we'd love to hear back from some more people about what they think about the story. Cause we think it's really, we really think it's good. the best podcast on the planet. And we're not easy on ourselves. So yeah. if we, if we didn't think it was good, we wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank Thanks. you, Jason. It's Thanks been a for pleasure having to us. talk to you.